Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's a bonus episode. You can be yeah, loose. I know. Hold on. Mr. Perfectionist. Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're discussing Rocky the Broadway Musical. Credits are weird on plays, so I'm just going to wing this. So music by Stephen Flaherty, with lyrics by Lynn Ahearns, a book by Thomas Meehan, <laughs> and it, it uh, what would you call it? Opened, I guess? Premiered. Premiered. I guess that's the word for it. Yeah. Premiered November 18th, 2012 in Hamburg, Germany. Premiered on Broadway 2014. Wikipedia does not give an exact date. Sometime early 2014. That's interesting. There's a year and a half, maybe two year gap. I don't know anything about Broadway plays and musicals. Like, this isn't a podcast where we talk about action. <laughs> it's like, here we are. This is really I, outside of our field of expertise. I, I, I'm glad, I appreciate you agreeing to do this because I know how you had said uh, in the past how when we're doing Rocky, you feel like at a disadvantage. Whereas here we're, do, we're doing Rocky a musical, which is a Rocky thing. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'm yeah. the musician of the two of us. This is the, all of your boxes being checked and all of mine have no nothing being uh, filled yeah. in. I, I feel like we had to cover it just because it's such a weird thing and... You know, it's only a couple years old, and I, I didn't. I didn't ask you before this. I think I know the answer because I don't. I don't know if you've been to New York. You, you haven't actually seen the no production. No, no, no. All right. Let me put it this way: If I had been in New York when Rocky the Musical was playing, I probably would have felt compelled to go see it. I actually would have imagined that you might have contemplated going to New York to see it. No, no, I'm not that big a rocky fan okay were you even aware this existed because i was no, only not no not until you, you told me i was only vaguely aware like when there when it was getting put together in germany in german i remember hearing like oh this is weird like production of rocky a musical in german and i was just like that's a weird thing but it, it always struck me as kind of like a fan thing it's not weird i mean there's operas in german but whatever go ahead no not that it's in german i'm saying that that, that rocky isn't if it was going to premiere anywhere, it's strange well, that it would be written there and premiere there. Is uh, what you're I assumed it was like German Rocky fans who just like let's for fun put together. Like it seemed to me, it struck me like a fan project. I didn't realize that it was like a professional production. Production that was you know these the names that uh, I listed apparently are pretty well known people on, in Broadway. For whatever reason, they decided to premiere it in Germany yeah. and then brought it over to Broadway. I don't know the reasons for that. I don't know if that's common or. I have no idea. I mean, I know that there are shows here in Chicago that will get their pre-Broadway kind right. of test, um, thinking that Chicago is, you know, it won't play in Peoria. <laughs> no one will know. No one will even notice that it's there. That's, that's what they think. Well, maybe in some ways, but in, in other ways, I think Chicago is a pretty good representation of middle America. Yeah. So No, I was kidding. It, yeah. it actually makes total sense. Like, yeah. it's, it's a similar city to New York. It's a... It's a theater town. It's not so much musicals. Like Chicago yeah. has a theater history, but it's more dramas. Like David Mamet absolutely you know, put yeah, all his plays on here. Yeah, you've got all, all, a great theater history. Right. So I, I can understand that, but but in English, like that's the yeah. part that threw me. It's like they translated the whole thing. <laughs> they wrote it in English, translated the whole thing to German, premiered it there, and then brought it back. I just wasn't yeah. sure what the reason. I mean, great for for the Germans. Like it's cool that they got it first. Like I'm not saying that that's bad or good or anything. It just. I just wonder why that is. I, I agree with you. It seems kind of strange. It just doesn't seem like that that's a market that would be a big market for a Rocky musical. Well, that's, what do I know? But that's why I never really consider, because I just made an assumption, wrongly, obviously, 
that it's just like, oh, some people in Germany decided to put this on, and it just seemed like kind of a lark. And then when it came to Broadway, it was almost like I still thought of it in that way. It's like, well, that's not a real thing. And by the time I realized that it was an actual professional production, it was over. It was, you know, it only <laughs> ran for like eight months or whatever. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's a good run or if that's I don't think a so. producer's type run. I have no idea what a long run in on Broadway is. Well, I mean, we could take a look at critical reception on this Wikipedia page, but uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you. So I, I'll admit I did not listen to every song. <laughs> sure, I don't blame you. There were some the ones that I listened to. I was not a fan, so I I guess I'd be surprised if the critics loved this. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, the the German production was well received. The Broadway production was nominated for a couple of Tonys, but it was mostly like production stuff. Okay. Like I watched a, a video. Someone like secretly recorded a video from the audience. And it's pretty cool. Like it's got all kinds of like hydraulics and stuff, and there's like a ring that goes up into the rafters. Just the amount of scenery changes that has to happen like on the fly constantly. Yeah, it's I, pretty well done. Like, I wondered about that, and when I'm listening to a song about training montage, I'm like, how do you do a training montage <laughs> in a play? That was pretty silly, I have to say. It's essentially the actor who plays Rocky running in place, and they're projecting kind of footage behind him it looked like maybe it was clips from the movie but because the footage i I was looking at was just a guy with his phone like shakily recording i couldn't tell what what it was but in my mind what i imagine was that i imagine that the guy who's playing rocky is in the spotlight and he's doing whatever he's doing the speed bag spotlight goes out it's dark and he just runs over to another corner and he's then supposed to be doing something else and the light turns on that's basically it well there's one point uh in the training montage where Rocky turns into multiple man because there's like 10 Rockies out there and it's supposed to <laughs> it's supposed to approximate a montage where it's like one Rocky's over here doing the speed bag one Rocky's over here punching the heavy bag one Rocky's over here like shadow boxing they're all doing different things and it's supposed to be like yeah. to, to indicate but then it's just like there's just 10 Rockies on stage because they're all wearing hoods so you can't really see the actors yeah and then they all form into like the shape of bowling pins basically and they start they kind of like do a choreographed <laughs> thing it's not quite a dance. They're kind of choreographed shadow boxing, you yeah, know. Whatever. <laughs> but I was watching it, and I'm going like, "That's not really the right message." That's like that's not a good metaphor. They're set up like bowling pins to be crushed by the Apollo oh, Creed yeah. bowling ball. I was <laughs> like, "Why do they put them in bowling pin shapes?" That is a great observation. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing you would never know from just listening to the yeah. the, the recording. Like, I the, went out and I tried to. Well, actually, what I was trying to find is I knew I'd have tr- trouble with it. I went to try and find things that had the lyrics. And then where I could find the lyrics written or typed out, I then went and found the songs for some of those. Okay. The whole uh, soundtrack, whatever you call it, the official like Broadway cast production is on YouTube. So I listened to all those, and then I found that video of like someone... It's clear that somebody's really careful about the intellectual property if it's all on YouTube. I mean, apparently. It must be care. quite valuable. Well, I mean, it's this, these were uploaded in 2017. By that point, the show was off, you know, th- I know. it was done by then. So well, what I'm saying, care. though, is that if it was something that had <laughs> intellectual property values, somebody would be taking it down. These YouTube videos only have like 400, 500 views each, so I'm not sure there's a lot of demand for the official Broadway cast I did, recording. I did notice that, and I wondered if that was just on some of the songs that I picked. Or... No, it was all of them. <laughs> I don't think this was a successful show. There's two sides to this coin of you're coming in not really that big a Rocky fan or, you know, or a musical, or a fan, musical by the way. fan. Not that I particularly like. I certainly don't like Broadway musicals. Like I don't, whatever, it, I don't dislike them. But it's like it's not a thing that I yeah. particularly like. But it's one of those things where if I had known that this was a professional production, I probably would have gone to see it. And I, as the one of the two of us who likes Rocky and who's more into music, 
I do kind of feel this pressure to have like a hot take about this thing. And my takeaway from this is just like, eh, it's fine. Whatever. It it's exists, relatively inoffensive. Care. It's yeah. relatively... The production is well done. Uh, I think the singing is fine. I think most oh. of the most of the songwriting is... Oh, you don't think the singers are, are pulling it off? Not... Well, I, let me say this. I mean, Rocky... I mean, I know you needed to have somebody that could sing, but at the same time, he didn't really remind me of Rocky. Yeah, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there, no pun intended. Because, you know, <laughs> the way Rocky speaks, you can't sing like that. You <laughs> That's what I wanted, though. He approximates it a little bit, the, the actor, when he's speaking. But it is, it is very incongruous, just like, uh, you know. I almost had three seashells, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, you know, it's me, Rocky. My nose ain't yeah, broken. Yeah. Thank you. That's the one song that I... <laughs> my nose ain't broken. That's the dumbest song of this whole show. It's outrageously dumb. And then exactly He's really belting that, it out. He's like, belting it out like a Broadway show, which yeah. I understand, you, but you have to. he's not Rocky. It was a terrible idea to turn Rocky into a Broadway show. I think that's really what it comes down to. All right. It's, it's, I'm glad that you picked that song. That song was of the like yeah. five or six that I listened to. It was ridiculous. It's the one that stands out because it's so ridiculous. It takes a, just a throwaway line of dialogue from the movie that is only designed to cover, to explain why Sylvester Stallone oh, has a right. perfectly perfect nose. A boxer. It's just, exactly. It just doesn't. And to turn that into some kind of metaphor... My nose ain't broken, so therefore what? It doesn't even fit the whole story, because that whole song is about, like, well, at least there's this silver lining. My nose ain't broken. It's like, no, you're supposed to be down in your luck. You need somewhere to start from. If he's just like, things are okay. My nose is fine, so I'm fine. That's basically the point of that song. So it's like, well, <laughs> where do you go from there? This is Rocky. He's supposed to be down in his luck. Don't be like, things are all right. Well, I, all I have is don't need no stitches, don't need no ice. The rest of my body is going to need advice. <laughs> what does that mean? I didn't pick up on a lot of the lyrics, so I'm glad you have some lyrics there. Cause, yeah, can, can you, it's, his body is going to need advice? What? I mean, they just had to, had to find a rhyme. What was the rhyme? What was the first part of that? Uh, don't need no stitches, don't need no ice. Ice, okay. Is it really that hard to rhyme with ice? I mean, lice? What, <laughs> I don't think there are some things... Yeah, my body needs advice is What's strange. The only note I have on this song is, how is Rocky so coherent you can understand him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, well, a couple of things. First of all, I don't want to forget to talk about this because I forgot to talk about it on the Rocky episode. Oh, well, then we, this is our chance. It was, well, I had so much to say, and I, I was kicking myself for forgetting. The movie's music is amazing by Bill Conti. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I wanted to talk about and then just totally forgot. So I'm just going to talk about it now. Just it's fine. It's probably going to be better than most of what we're going to talk about about Rocky the Musical. Well, this musical uses a lot of that music, which is why I want to first talk about the movie's music as a baseline. Because it's easy to forget how effective that music is in the movie because it's become so much of a cliche. Yeah. You know, you hear that, 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 and you just kind of roll your eyes like, oh, it's so embedded in culture. Yeah. It's like they use that stuff in, like, Best Buy commercials now, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, 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 you're, it's right. You know what I mean? True. Like, that's everywhere. Like, any kind of, like, you know, they play it at sporting events. Like, it's time to rally the team. It's just become it's so un it's unmoored. Un it's from, unfair to the movie. You're right. It's, it's, you can't look at it with fresh eyes and, or fresh ears anymore. But I just love that musical score. I think it's so good. And this musical just leans on it to the point where it's like pretty much everything that's good about this musical is from the movie. Either the score it's leaning on or it takes lines of dialogue, you know, that is good in the movie. And so, of course, it, it's good in the play, but it's like you didn't really do anything new. 
There are only a handful of things, like new things to the play that I thought were good, and we could probably get into specifics if you want. I'd be interested to hear what you, you got of new things they came up with that There's were good. one song that I think is incredibly good. All right. And it's totally original. It's not from the movie at all. I probably didn't listen to it then. Maybe not. Which Aaron, song? Do you want to... I'll, I'll just... No, I'd like to hear some good things because I don't have very many good things to say. Okay, Raining. Did you listen to that one? Uh, yes, Adrian I did. Adrian singing. Adrian singing. You yes. didn't like it? Okay. I, I think... uh, she's probably the best of the performers that, that I listened to. She's a great singer. Uh, I have the cast. I assume the original cast will be the folks singing on this. Uh, her name is Margot Siebert. Siebert? S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Yeah, I think she's a great singer, and I think this is the pretty much the only original song that doesn't use Rocky music that's actually good. Like, I think this is genuinely a great song. Like, and I, I was bad at that because I couldn't really recognize the stuff that was, you know. I sure. mean, some of the Rocky music, absolutely, as you alluded to, the stuff that's so cliche, you can't avoid it. But you know every song where I didn't. Well, that's the thing is the play really only uses the most recognizable stuff. You know, it uses the Rocky theme, like the main theme, and... Uh, Maybe one other, like the music from the fight, um, but it doesn't use any of the more obscure pieces of like, score. Uh, but anyway, here's here's the song. I'm just gonna play a little bit of it. All right. I mean, it's very like, you know, this is Adrian watching Rocky leave. Pulls me back to everything I've ever. But like this song actually has drama and it's well sung, well written, and like I like the progression of it. You know, I'm just gonna skip ahead. So anyway, that, that, I like this song, and it kind of builds to a big crescendo. And yeah, it's, no, that it's good. It's it's better than another of her. So the Pauly, I'm done, or yeah, I, that was not good. Most of uh, these songs are not very good. I actually did rate every song. I don't know if you want to. I, I used our Rocky opponent <laughs> system to rate every song. Can, all right, I got to ask you one because there's the one thing that I picked up on from from YouTube that I did find. I didn't find any video, but I found the audio performance of it. I will tell you right now that, as I said, one of, if not my favorite thing about the first Rocky hmm. is how great of an adversary and how much I like Carl Weathers and Apollo Creed. Yeah. They butchered Apollo Creed in I this. I totally agree. Did you, I mean, the song Patriotic just butchers Apollo Creed. Yeah. On like several fronts. Because they turn him more into a villain. It's funny, when I was watching the, the secretly recorded video, yeah. and at the end of the fight when Apollo makes his entrance, the crowd, like the Broadway crowd, booed Apollo. I'm like, oh, oh God. They, that just shows... They just completely missed it. That's yeah, not... That they're shouldn't trying, happen to Apollo. Yeah, it's, this play turns him into a villain in a way that just makes the whole story worse and just, you know, gross. I mean, it's the, one, it's the kind of thing where... Uh, I remember us talking about it on the Rocky episode about, like, the way the movie managed to diffuse... The kind of this black boxer fighting yeah. a white boxer, and like the, that could go in all sorts of bad ways, and it never does. Yeah, the way they portray Apollo, first of all, they lean way into the 70s stuff. Yes, so uh, the, that song in particular really does. Yeah, I like the kind of funk, I like the fact that they're kind of using funk. Did you? I, mm. but it's like if, if that was the only thing they had done, it would have been fine. But the fact that he's he's using more like slang, yes, you know, and uh, you didn't because you only listened to the music, so you didn't actually see his wardrobe. They kind of have him dressed like borderline pimp. Oh, it's bad. 
That's terrible. It's all those things combined. It's like if it was just been one of those things. Maybe. And he's got three girls with him at all times. Like they're on the one hand, they're his background singers. He's singing a song, and they need background female singers. And yeah. it's like that's why that's kind of why they're there. But they're also kind of clinging to him. And yeah, they really, really missed they, the boat okay, on, on Apollo. If you need background singers, they don't have to be women. I mean, you can have male background singers. Like you could. They, I mean, I, I mean, why not have you know his trainer? Right? Why not just have his crew? Yeah, I, I can kind of see the argument of like, well, there aren't a lot of roles for women All right. in this. There's Adrian, and then they added, I don't know if you heard any of the songs with, they added a group of like party girls who are Adrian's friends. No. It's like, uh, uh, what? Gloria, who owns the pet shop. Yeah. It's her and like a couple of her friends, and they're just like, come on, Adrian, let's go party. And she's like, no, I don't want to go party. It's like, <laughs> it's weird. Ugh. They have two different scenes. Well, the other thing, I was thinking about this in terms of like, in a play, the whole thing is going from start to back. It's two hours, and yeah. you know, this is a movie basically about one character. It's about Rocky, so it's like you can't just have that actor go two hours straight. You need to find other things to show to like yeah. give him some breaks. Yeah, Especially this is very physical. He's boxing and right. Um, it's you know, a tough production performance for whoever's playing Rocky. Very tough. Like yeah, he's probably on stage ninety minutes out of those two hours, and very physically, you know, he's running in place, but he's still running. And he's yeah, boxing. And he's got to sing. He's got to sing. Like the fact that he isn't constantly out of breath is kind of amazing. Yeah. But still, like they had to f- manufacture a couple of scenes, just like we need something <laughs> else going go on so you can go and lie down for a second. No, it, it literally is that they're in the, they're they're coming to the pet star like the pet star is closing. Let's go have fun, and Adrian doesn't want to go. And that's right before she sings that song that we played. It's like, oh, okay. they leave, Rocky comes in, there's the scene from the movie with, you know, the birds look like candy, like flying candy, and then he leaves. <laughs> and then she sings that song. So it's like... And the little bit that I heard, another one that they didn't get uh, very good is the their Mickey. Ugh, he did not. Oh, man. He was terrible. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I'm going to be commenting on the visual aspects since you didn't see them, but they they dress him like George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> what? He's got like that sailor cap. You know how you know <laughs> yes. how George Martin's dressed? Yes, that is not Mick. I don't think he's wearing the suspenders, but he's definitely got the George R.R. R. Martin hat. <laughs> and he's this kind of heavy set guy and he wears glasses. Yeah. Mickey <laughs> Mickey in this play. Off awful. stage, Mickey is banging away on the winds of winter. <laughs> I, I, he better be. <laughs> Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> if George Martin won't do it, if Mickey, somebody's gotta step in. If George R. R. Martin won't write it, Mickey Goldmills step in and finish the oh. book. He sounded terrible. I, it sounds like he obviously looked terrible, too. Well, I think it's another one of those things where you can't sing an entire performance in that Burgess Meredith voice. It can't be, ah, you know. Come on, rock. I forget what his song is or how it goes. Oh, but he he's got a song? Yeah, he's got a song. Oh. <laughs> you want to find it? You want to hear it? I can't, I'd like to hear a little bit because uh, I'm sure one, it's terrible. Which one was it? Because, I mean, the, the amount of time that Mickey is in the movie, I'm not sure that I... I mean, I know, as you said, you've got to give the main cast a break because it's a two-hour performance, somewhat physical, particularly for, I'm guessing, Apollo, but mostly Rocky. Right. Um, so I get it, but Mick's not, Mick is barely in Rocky. Yeah. I and mean, so to give him his own, his own song is a bit of a stretch. Well, that's another thing that... Uh, I noticed what I think it's in between songs, so you wouldn't hear it in the song. But like they give a reason why. Cause remember, we were as, I was asking you like, why do you think Rocky agrees to let him train him? It happens. Yeah, you don't hear what he's happened. a manager, right? Exactly. But as Rocky wisely points out, the fight's set up. I don't need you, right? But the, the the movie leaves it to your imagination why Rocky agrees to let Mickey train him. In the play, it's just like Rocky's like, get out of here! No wait, I need help with my footwork. 
And Mickey's like, all right, I guess I'll train you. It's like, what? That's the reason? Because <laughs> he sings a song about his footwork. I think this is the song that Mickey sings. I might have heard it then, because the footwork I do remember hearing, and that's where I heard Mick. I'm like, that does not sound like Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, this when is I it. joined the game, this kid straight <laughs> oh, Yeah, this is a bad song. I See, the thing is, I feel like they could have leaned into the like 1920s. Uh, uh, what, what's the? I've got a note on it somewhere, but like oh, George R. R. Martin, just be quiet. That was terrible. <laughs> Let me find my notes from there. Yeah, ragtime. That's that's the kind of music I'm trying to think. Yeah. Of. Like it's kind of ragtimey. It's like he he's singing about bit. fighting in the 20s and all that. They didn't lean into it enough. I like, think it could have been a really kind of corny, like old timey song, but it just comes off as just like, yeah, just you, lazy. You're, you're right. If anything, it should have been because I think Annie is is kind of from that that era. Yeah, exactly. So, so it probably should have been a song. You throw a jazz clarinet in that song yeah. and kind of double time it a little bit and have it be more of a upbeat kind of. Yeah, here's I'm going to tell you all my stories. Instead of just man, it's so. Yeah. I, I need to give you so the lyrics. I, this this Apollo thing, just even some of the lyrics. Uh, Mister Down and Out versus Mister Slick. Like, what? Yeah, I know. No, just like you digging it. It's, yeah, the, the Apollo never talked like that, even no. in public. Because we we talked about how he's kind of got a public persona, even in right. the public persona. No, he's, he's pro- not. He's slick in a way in terms of his presentation, but he never would talk. Apollo's like wouldn't use any of, jive. Yes, Apollo wasn't using any of that. Yeah, and you know. Be a thinker, not a stinker. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just to try to f- manufacture a villain for the play. That's dumb. I don't know if it's they felt like for a play they needed to make it more heightened or whatever. Because that's another reason why it's a dumb idea to adapt Rocky for the stage. It's like Rocky is a very kind of gritty, like real shot, very simply and kind of just capturing life as it happens. Whereas the stage is inherently, I mean, theatrical. It's, it's the theater. <laughs> yes. So it's like, there's no way to do that. It's on far the stage. more bombastic. And so you're I think, right. yeah. Rocky the movie is not. It's, it's more of a, a journey of one guy, right? Right. It's down on his luck and he gets an opportunity. It just, you're right. It's not a Broadway show. I mean, it's just not that story. But it's like there's no real villain. And I mean, Paulie is more of the villain. Oh, absolutely. If you're going to pick one character, yeah. Paulie is it. Then the play totally softens Paulie. He goes the total opposite way with Paulie. He's, so like, he's they, a nice guy. He has one scene where he's kind of drunk. and So they clearly like have just completely missed the mark yeah, on I, the tone and theme of just about every character. I agree. I mean, it's the kind of thing. I don't want to sit here and say they got it wrong. Because it's like, you know. They got to, Apollo wrong. I'm going to tell certain, you that right well, now. To a certain degree, these things are, these things are subjective. But I, I agree with you that they certainly don't interpret Rocky the same way that you and I do. You know, Apollo is not the villain that they make him out to be. No, he's an adversary. There's a big difference. And there's a song later in the play where it's like he's there's the song where they're like, oh, he's one of us. And Rocky, we're going to root for him. Like he's he's now the hero of Philadelphia, which is like, what? it's been five weeks. (laughs) They portray it as like everybody is lionizing Rocky. That didn't happen in the movie. I mean, even so it's like in Death the re- Race 2000, where just everybody is there and participating. They're selling T-shirts in the scenes, like well, Rocky T-shirts. Come and get them. We love you, Rocky. It's like what T-shirts? When did they make those up between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's in the 1970s? Um, yeah, exactly. But in that scene, they cut to Apollo, and he's just like, "Look at these rubes. They fell for it, just like I knew they would. That's why I I decided to fight this white boxers because I knew that all those Philly rubes would <laughs> would fall in line and get behind Rocky. I think he literally uses the word rubes." 
It's like, what are they doing to Apollo? He's, they, I think, he, if I had to pick a favorite character from the Rocky movies, I don't think it would be Rocky. I think it would be Apollo. Oh, it's, it's, it's easily for me, and that's probably the reason why I had this reaction to this. Is yeah. to miss the mark on that. I think you've missed what Rocky is. Yeah, I agree. Especially, it has nothing to do with an external conflict. It's not no. Rocky versus Apollo. It's Rocky versus Rocky. Right. I, the whole, especially the first movie. The whole point in that. And I don't know the others as well as you. Rocky didn't care. He didn't need to win the fight. Yeah. Rocky was trying to prove something to himself, well, to himself and I think to others, but to himself. Absolutely. And so you're right. It's the, we talked about it on the actual episode for the movie. The end result of the fight, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter right. to Rocky and to the audience. And so this has completely missed the mark. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say the play gets that right where it is, I think it portrays it as equally irrelevant to Rocky. Okay. It doesn't make this mistake that some other Rocky movies do where it's like, who's going to win? Oh, not our guy. Oh, well. It's like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think the play gets that relatively right. The one thing that the play changes with the ending, I'd be curious to hear your your opinion about this. Right. I'm not sure if this would have come through in any of the songs um, because we talked about it when we talked about the movie. Because I was saying, the conversation about is it a love story or not? And I was saying there's no real obstacle. It's like once they're yeah. together, they're together, and that's it. Yeah, which she's is, supportive, and yes. Which is why I didn't really feel like the movie is a love story. Fair. The musical is 100% a love story because they manufacture an the, obstacle. The party girls? It's not the party girls. It should have been. On Christmas, it might have been like the night before. Twas yeah. the night before Christmas. No, no, no. No, the Christmas scene is where Paulie takes a bat to their Christmas tree. I forget what he does. In, he just in the movie, he's just smashing up random stuff in, yeah. in his own house. In the play, they're at Rocky's apartment putting up a Christmas tree, and he comes over and smashes up the Christmas tree. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, fine. But then, yeah, I think it's the night before the fight, and he's, it's when Rocky says, "Like, oh, I just want to go the distance. No one's ever gone the distance with Creed." Which that is pretty much the same. But then Adrian goes, "Apollo's never been beaten. Like, you're right. He's never been beaten, and I'm worried you're going to get hurt." And I, I can't watch, so I'm not going to come to the fight. And they kind of they kind of have an argument about it. And she leaves, she's like, "I'm leaving. I'm going back to Polly's or whatever." And so he's like, "Are you going to be at the fight?" And she goes, "Like, I don't know." And then he goes, "The whole fight happens, and at the end, it's like she's she there." Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's a it's a minor thing, but it's like it does kind of try yeah, to try to invent some tension of like, is she going to leave him or is she going to be there at the end? Yeah, and I, I it's probably more again for the more theatrical performance, right? right? That they need to manufacture a little bit more conflict. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's no question that this is a love story. Like they really wanted to heighten the love oh, story. Oh well, then good. I'm glad to see that this musical got well, the musical. I'm saying not the movie. I still, got I still, something right. I still stand by that. Um, let me ask you this because it was one of those things I meant to bring it up at the beginning. I could not get out of my head the entire time I was listening slash watching. Did the phrase Planet of the Apes, the musical, ever pop into your mind? Of course it did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, the thing is, is that in, in some ways, I wanted it to be fun like that. And the, at least the episode or the songs that I sampled, it wasn't fun. No, no, it's just taking the material very seriously. Yeah, uh, if it was, if it was fun, like, but in the world of The Simpsons, that play is taking itself very seriously, and that's what's funny about it. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, Bart, Bart I, and Homer and the and the audience going like, "This play has everything." I love legitimate theater. Like this, everything that that episode of The Simpsons <laughs> was making fun of, this Rocky Broadway musical is exactly that. I've told you, by the way, right, that if that was a legitimate production, I, I would be there on opening. Oh, of night. course. 
I would be there on opening night. Do you even like the Planet of the Apes movies? Like, I actually love those movies. Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed them, especially the the new reboot. I've really enjoyed those. Well, those are genuinely amazing. Yeah. Um, The the older ones, I I mean, I've seen them. I don't dislike them, but I'm not like you where I I really like them. Right. You're there for the Simpsons connection, not for the Planet of the Apes thing. Like, I would be extra, extra excited because I actually like those old Planet of the Apes movies. And I'm just telling you, the, the, the little bit of the songs that you get in the Simpsons, I love those songs. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas is one of my favorite songs. There's nothing in the entire Rocky Broadway musical that is remotely as clever as I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. (laughs) Oh my God, I was wrong. (laughs) It was our all along. We should just talk about that for the rest of the episode. Oh, (laughs) finally made a monkey. But this, this, the, the Rocky musical totally has that vibe. It certainly he ain't down yet. <laughs> do, 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 do. You know, I think we could have done a better job by just suggesting you need to tear this thing up. We need to sit you down right now, and you need to see the Troy McClure episode of The Simpsons. I mean, that's everything. A fish called Selma. <laughs> that's everything that that episode is making fun of is here. It's just taking a self serious adaptation of just this pop culture thing. Yeah. You know, just. They adapted Rocky not because they had some kind of passion for it, because they went like, oh, Rocky, people know this. Oh, it was a built-in brand. Right. Yeah. Well, and the proof of that, the thing that made me the most mad, Eye of the Tiger appears in this play. I saw this, that. Eye of the Tiger, which is not in Rocky. <laughs> You're right. It does not appear until Rocky Three. That song is in Rocky Three, and it's specifically about the events of Rocky Three. You know, it's like you uh, know Rocky better than me. I didn't realize you're right. It's well, it's like I mean, I know you know you're right, but rising up back on the streets, took my time, took my chances, went the distance. Now I'm back on my feet, just a man and his will to survive. So it's like okay, I've already gone the distance, right? And it's like too many times it happened too fast. You trade your passion for glory. So it's like now that Rocky's a big shot, he's lost the passion for boxing, and it's all about like you've got to keep find a way to keep yourself motivated. The eye of the tiger, you got to make sure you don't lose it. That's what that movie's about. That's what that song's about. It's not what Rocky's about. It's like the, the lyrics of the song say, I've already gone the distance. They may and he well, hasn't yet. They may as well just have a robot up on stage. <laughs> That's Rocky Four. <IV. laughs> you know what I'm saying? They also it? use that song in Rocky Four, but yes. <laughs> I, I would have much preferred the robot. No, it would, I mean, the Rocky Four musical, believe me. There actually is that. <laughs> we should find that and talk about that because I don't know if you've ever seen that. The Rocky. There's a guy, I think Lego Lambs is. Is uh, the YouTube channel? No, I've never seen that, and I did not know that existed. I'm just, let's just play that. Right is it now. outstanding? We can come back to how long have we been going? Because uh, not too long, but I, to be honest, on the, on Rocky the musical, I don't really have much else. I, I really wanted to cover how much I I didn't like the treatment of Apollo more than anything else. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, everything about that. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the actor is just stuck with the material. Yeah, he's given, I'm, so I, it's I'm not sure. I'm going to blame. I, I think it's writing on all counts here. Other yeah. than I didn't like the choice of that Rocky should not be so easy to understand when he's belting out show tunes. <laughs> yeah, again, that's just, they were stuck with that. I, I don't even know if we should play this in its entirety because I want, you know, Lego Lambs is, I don't know if it's one person or multiple people, but this is like one of the funniest. I, first time I saw this, should we play the whole thing? Should we just skip it? Should I play it for you after the show? Yeah, I don't we, even can, know. we can do it off air. Right, let's I, do it off air. But look, search Rocky for the musical on YouTube. It's great, and I would much prefer that. It's amazing how much great material 
related to Rocky Four there is because we've already talked about the fake thirty for thirty that still is in my head. There are things that I can't shake and get out of my head. It's a memorable movie, and you know I'll have a lot to say about it when we get to it. But uh, as will I, actually. All right, let's get back to to. Uh, so here, okay, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions on this. Okay. As we kind of wrap up. So, all right. You Are we see, wrapping up? All right. Well, at least for me, I don't have much more. But if you do, that's fine. I've got some. I, let me just. I've got a lot of notes, and I'll just pick out the best ones. But well, ask your Because well, you said that you had ranked all of the songs or rated. I'd like to know. Give me the ones. It sounds like Raining is probably the only one that got a, a Rocky Balboa. Or not a Rocky. No, Apollo Creed. I believe me. it was the only one that got an Apollo Creed. Let, I, me, let me glance through. Here's what I really care, care about. How many Spider Ricos were there? <laughs> not that many, actually. There was usually a thing that I could get uh, enjoyment out of for each one. Were there any Spider Rico references in any of the songs? I'd imagine in the early ones there had to be a Spider Rico reference. I don't know if they mentioned him by name. I mean, he, Rocky fights Spider Rico at the beginning, beginning of the play. And okay. I don't know if they say, I think they do. Like, well, Rocky versus Spider Rico. And then, you know, the fight. At happens. a church. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if they lean into that so much. I don't nice. think there's that stained glass Jesus in the play, <laughs> if I recall. It's hard to tell because the, the camera was so shaky. Yeah. All right. So not, not <coughs> okay. more middle of the road is what you're saying. Not a lot on the bookends of Apollo Creed or Spider Rico. The only other Apollo Creed I think I gave was Gonna Fly Now Variation, which is just the track from, <laughs> from the movie. It's just... <laughs> You know, the, the Bill Conti score. Did Eye of the Tiger get a Spider Rico? Spider Rico. I just found it. Eye of the Tiger got a Spider Rico. <laughs> uh, is there any other Apollo Creed's or Spider Rico's? I'm glancing through. I normally don't keep on paper. So, Oh, uh, Keep on Standing. This is the only other one I gave. It's near the end. It says, I, here's my notes. It says, promising, even if it sounds like a stained song, <laughs> lyrics are actually good. Uh, and I said, this is the radio single for sure if uh, they... You know, keep on standing? So what was it about? It. It's like right before. It's after. Damn ads. Uh, it's after uh, Adrian leaves the night before, and then he, oh, sing, he sings that. a song about like I'm gonna make sure I keep on standing in the fight. Is that when he's walking around and seeing that he's got the wrong kind of trunks up on his? Uh... No, they skipped that scene. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if there's any way they could have done it. I guess. Yeah, maybe. Rocky, what are you doing here? Also, they skipped uh, in the scene. Uh, let me skip ahead before. Ooh, I will think. Of It's more like a rock song. Yeah, which maybe I agree. Definitely feels different than the other songs I listen to. I can do and try to <laughs> oh, it's definitely a yeah, rock song. Yeah, I like this song. It's pretty good. It's funny that you said that it sounds like a Stained song, because actually that kind of has a vibe to it of Stained a little bit. It sounds like a Stained song. I'm sure it was like the same person wrote the entire All of them. musical, yeah. but it's like it sounds like somebody different wrote that. Um, but no, back to George Jurgens, the scene where he offers him the fight, and Rocky's like, no, I'm not good enough. I'm, it wouldn't be a very good fight. They do a lot of that, but they skip my favorite part of it, the part that I was quoting when we did the movie. It's yeah. just like, Rocky, do you believe in America is the land of opportunity? America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> Apollo Creed does. They skip <laughs> all that. Because, I, well, I mean, it makes sense that they would have doubled up. Apollo Creed does. It would have doubled up Apollo's song, because his song is about patriotic and all that. So it's like, they already covered that ground. That would have been fine, because the way that they chose to cover that ground was not very good. But yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, they left in the Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion line. So I did see the, that. At least they kept that in. The rejected names. I, I was giving the play a lot of credit in terms of the people who wrote this musical obviously loved just as much as me 
the exchange between Rocky and uh, Mickey where he's like, you don't want to know why you're just like, well, I want to know. You want to know? I want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> Remember I was talking about that? Yes. They did it twice in the musical. <laughs> they bring it back. They're like, they, they do the whole gag again later in the, in the story. It's like, yes, it's, they understand just as much as me. The That's Alan Costello that they needed one more time. I, I'm glad that somebody else, it's proof that somebody else picked up on that and loves it just as much as me. You want to know? You don't want to know. You want to know? You want to know? <laughs> I love that. I love that they did it twice. All right, what else you got? Uh, I mean, you're pretty much wrapped up on uh, your thoughts here? For me, yeah. All right. Sorry uh, I'm not carrying my weight on this no, one. No, that's fine. I mean, this is going to be a short one regardless. I'm sorry because my notes are just not organized, so let me just no, find that's fine. And this didn't need to be a long one anyway. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. This is, a, this is certainly not my field of expertise in many ways, so it's probably a good thing. Well, okay. Here's a, here's a detail that uh, I think only shows up in the... It Musical. doesn't show up in the music. It just shows up like between songs, Paulie is dating uh, Gloria, the pet shop uh, manager. Man, they're really manufacturing stuff. Yeah, because like she's there when Rocky shows up at Thanksgiving, and she like leaves Paulie because like Paulie, you're so mean to your sister. I'm, I'm, we're breaking up. <laughs> and then they get back together <laughs> later. It's weird. In the play, Paulie is the one who thinks up punching the meat, which pissed me off. Yeah, that. Because in the movie, Rocky punches the meat because he gets angry at Paulie. He's out of anger. Right. Yeah, and he just redirects it at the meat. And he's he's like, breaking the ribs. <laughs> I mean, I love the movie. He's just like, he's angry at Paulie. He punches the meat, and then you can see him like, oh. <laughs> like Rocky's just like, what? Well, I'm on to something. Exactly. I will give the play credit on one thing. There was one funny added line of dialogue. Oh, all right. On the date when they're ice skating. And, and Rocky just goes, so you're having a wonderful time. <laughs> Which I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> the leading question of that I thought was funny. Did uh, did did you happen to see the ice skating date? Did they have the Zamboni guy counting down way too fast? He's off screen. He's off off stage. Yeah. I think like he, okay. it looks like Rocky's looking up again. It could be a thing where the actor was on stage, but I couldn't see him because yeah. of the way the guy was filming it. Um, they put the actress who plays Adrian on rollerblades, and then put little like ice skate things to, to like, disguise them <laughs> as ice skates. <laughs> But That's actually pretty impressive if she had a roller, rollerblade around the stage. Yeah, she doesn't have much singing in that sequence. Mostly Rocky's doing the singing. But yeah, I mean, she has a couple of parts where she has to sing and rollerblade at the that, same time. That can't be easy. No, I mean, there's a lot of, like, the technical side of this play is pretty impressive. But it's just like one of those things where it's like, so what? That's not why people go to see. It's like the, no. the Spider-Man Broadway musical. Remember that? Where it was like, everything is a disaster. It's so complicated that everything breaks every show. <laughs> Well, it's like, maybe you shouldn't do that on Broadway, then. Make a movie. Maybe there's a reason why it's a movie, right? Yeah, it's like, people don't go to plays to see, like, technical... Yeah, it should be invisible. That's the thing. Like, it should yeah. be totally not noticeable. Like, I think this play does it pretty well in terms of, like, they have to do it. There's so many, like, set pieces and scenes. It's like, you know, the opening sequence starts with Rocky bo- boxing Spider Rico. He steps off, the, the boxing match lifts, lifts up into the rafters, and, like... A Philadelphia street rolls in and he's walking home. It's like it's all totally in one like, wow, seamless scene. Impressive. But a- as you said, maybe there's a reason why these were movies, right? And not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you can come up with your own story about a boxer and make, write a musical about a boxer. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be Rocky. You know, feel free to do something new with yeah. it. Don't feel like you have to go scene for scene. It's like almost literally scene for scene. Or as you said, another boxer like Kid Gorgeous, right. and then Kid Gruesome, or no, you know and what? Finally, Kid Bow. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, well, I mean, Rocky's nose does get broken, so I guess he's on that trajectory. He is. Um, he's probably no, kid presentable right now. No offense to Sylvester Stallone, I guess. Uh, I didn't mean to imply anything about his appearance as he ages, but touche. Um, no, the one thing uh, I was thinking about because I I loved that song by that was sung by Adrian so much, the raining. Make an Adrian musical. That makes so much more sense in terms of like yeah, different point of view. Tell the same story from her point of view. Like it was so nice to get Adrian's point of view. It's like oh, this is that's part of the reason why I think I like it is because like you don't really get her her point of view ever. Even later in the series, it's like it's all from Rocky's point of view basically. Now that would be an interesting approach. And there's a lot of different movies and material that I've always kind of wondered how interesting it could be to take something that people know really well but tell it from a different point of view and it probably still would be an interesting story to get somebody else's point of view from a source material that you really enjoy yeah I mean, at least it would be something new it would be something more interesting or just a different perspective because it's just like, like at the end of the day the question is why does this need to exist <laughs> and the answer is it doesn't i can watch the movie and watch it the way it's intended i mean obviously the songs are new and you know some of them are better than others, and yeah, some of them are really cramming words to fit I think Bill Conti's music, et cetera. But I think the answer to your question is, is if it was really, really well-written songs and music, then there would be a reason for it to exist. But otherwise, if, you're, if you don't have that, then all you're doing is just taking an existing property that already is in the right medium to begin with and just adapting it, and it's not... It's not really good. Because at the end of the day, what they have to... There's so many limitations to adapting something like Rocky that you probably never really can write great music and lyrics because you have to fit fit it to such a specific shape of this very specific story. I think part of the reason why that Adrian song worked for me is because it's totally outside of the bounds of what we see in the movie. You don't see Adrian's point of view. It's like Rocky leaves, we follow Rocky. We don't know what Adrian's doing. The play stays with her, and she sings a song about like she's watching Rocky walk away. It's like, oh, this is... Yeah, and I I mean, I think you could do that with a few of the characters, right? You could have a portion of it from Mickey's point of view, a portion of it from uh, Apollo's point of view. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the reason why I think that works so well is because they were unrestrained by the movie. It's like, we can can make the song about anything. It can be, you know, I mean, obviously you have to keep it true to her character, but it's like, other than that, they could basically do anything. Unlike the songs are trying to tell the story of Rocky, or it's just like it's Why? so artificial yeah. and just it's really, really clunky. I agreed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've got some other notes, I guess, but I don't know if there's anything worth talking about that much. We talked about how he turns into multiple man uh, and the bowling pins. I, I like your metaphor of the bowling pins. That it's really a poor choice. Yeah. I was just, that's the first thing I thought of. I was just like, well, I mean, I, he does lose, but you know, don't don't imply that he's just oh, there to be knocked over. He lost, but yeah, right, he wasn't easy to knock down. Oh, the play establishes how Apollo won his title. Oh, tell me if you if this sounds plausible to you. All right. I mean, I don't know much about boxing. I don't know. You're not much of a boxing fan, right? No, I mean, I know a little bit, but not much. I mean, you probably know more than me. I know almost nothing. But just, this seems implausible for a title fight. At the age of 22, in Chicago, he says, Apollo Creed defeated Tony Leonardo in the first round, KO in 52 seconds. The heavyweight title. Do you think any heavyweight champion would lose a fight in 52 seconds? I'm trying to think of how quickly when Tyson won. I guess that's true. I mean, who did he beat? I can't remember. But I, as I remember, he was just like a whirlwind. Yeah, like I in guess his, that's true. In his so. prime. So maybe that's what they're trying to parallel is that Apollo was Mike Tyson. But even that, that's not, that's not who I would parallel with Apollo Creed. 
Oh, no. I mean, he was... I think it's pretty clear he's patterned, patterned, uh, patterned, patterned after Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that's far more. Yeah, I think that's plausible. Who he's more or less supposed to be, yeah. like an apolitical Muhammad Ali, yeah. basically. Um, okay, a gambling thing. We'll talk about this, and then maybe we can wrap up. But um, as they're setting up the the stage for the final fight, it's actually kind of cool. They, they they set up stands on stage and they bring like people from the audience up on stage to oh. be, to be like the boxing crowd. Yeah. So like if, I guess if you're in a certain seat in the Broadway audience, you can just like walk up and yeah, pay, I, pay the right pe- yeah, ticket price. Right? I had to think it's more, who knows? I, yeah. I have no idea. But, uh, while they're setting up the kind of stage for the final fight, they have to kill time. So it's just like these commentators just blathering on about whatever. And this line of dialogue just struck me as funny where he goes, one of them goes, the big question is whether Rocky Balboa, an 80 to 1 underdog, can conceivably upset the heavyweight champion. Las Vegas odds makers don't think so. Yeah, you just said he's 80 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> you just restated what you already said. I can't imagine it. Oh, man. It's- Do you think Vegas would take bets at 80 to 1, or would they just not list it? They just stop taking bets. I don't know, because on, on, a, on, a, on a title fight like that, I'm not going to say they're obligated to take bets. Because they don't want to turn away business, basically. They, they don't, but I mean, you you never have one that was that lopsided for for a heavyweight title to be to that it would never be the Rocky story, right? Because the heavyweight champ is not just going to fight some guy basically off the street. I mean, I I've never actually I, I looked into the details of this when we did Rocky, but it never came up. But Chuck Wepner is apparently who Rocky is loosely based on. He fought Muhammad Ali, and he was very like low ranked, like he was not. A top contender. I don't Did remember. he go the distance? Um, I think no. I think he got crushed. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the details. I, I looked them up and I totally forgot about them. I, I mean, I've I, never cared enough to learn the true story of Chuck Webner. But I, I, I think that was sort of. I don't know what the odds were. I'd be curious to look it up. But uh, I mean, generally, I, I, for me, I would imagine that it would be difficult for them to get enough action on both sides, even at 81. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel the, like they're guaranteed to lose money if they take those bets. Right. Probably. Yeah. So I was wondering if, like, just in your experience, I feel like you've bet on more sports than me, which is like 80, I have. 80 to 1. Have you ever seen a Vegas book list something at 80 to 1 and take well, bets on? Well, yeah, there will be, but they're prop bets for, you know, like uh, a team that has no business winning the NCAA tournament. Sure. Or, the, you know, the national championship before the season starts off, you can find something at 100 to 1. Because guess what? It's a team that isn't going to even make the NCAA tournament. But outside well, of it's those, a, it's not like an either or bet. It's like eighty to one. If if nobody right, bets it's not, on right. It's Rocky, not a it's not a toss up. Yes, there's there's hundreds of other teams in those in those prop bets. So no, I I don't think anything would ever go off at eighty to one. Right for for a basically a, a fi- it's not fifty fifty, but it's binary. Right, either Rocky wins or Apollo wins. I I don't see eighty to one going off on anything binary on any binary. Yeah, binary. I wouldn't have thought so, but you know whatever. I mean, it's just. The play trying to sell yeah. how, what a long shot Rocky is, but it just it seemed like I don't know if that would actually happen. No. Also, because so I feel like so many people would be betting on Rocky just out of some kind of hope that he might win. That that was those might well, even apparently the, odds. the entire city of Philadelphia, all those rubes would be sure. Right? Yeah, but that's a day when you couldn't. Vegas is far away. Right. They, they couldn't get some bets in. Well, know. this is our this is our second musical now. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure we need to do any more musicals. Unless something happens to be, yeah, I know. there's you, another one. You keep alluding to that. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna keep even even when we run out of musicals, I'm gonna keep alluding to mysterious future musicals. Here's what I'll say: is that I think in on a relative or comparative comparative basis, 
This does make rhinestone look a little bit better. Oh, don't go that far. I think this is fine. The thing about the Rocky musical, and I think, like, when I was just, when I listened to each song individually, I went like, well, that song's bad. That song's bad. That song's no good. <laughs> that song's only good because of the Rocky music. So the sum of the parts is greater. Yeah, than- I think, well, because the Rocky story is still compelling. I guess. And I think if you watch the whole thing, you, you know, I watched I the whole that. thing, I went like, okay, I, I'm enjoying this up to a point. I could see that, but I, I still wouldn't want to invest the time to watch the whole thing. No. I mean, I don't blame you. I, I only did it this morning, because like, I guess I was like, I guess I, guess I better watch the whole thing just to get that context. Okay. I'm glad I did, because, you know, I think it's just, it's fine. Like I said, I, I, I feel this pressure to have a strong opinion, I just don't. It's just like, whatever, it's fine. It, it exists, so it, what? It, yeah, I don't have a problem with it existing. I don't think it's very good, and I... It that's, lasted a couple of months. I was going to say, that's why it only lasted a few months on Broadway. So. Okay. All right. Let's wrap it up. So. Yeah. So that's the show. That's the show. So we're back with a new, a real episode next week. Not whatever this was. <laughs> and it's not next week. It's in two weeks. Two weeks. That's okay. Next episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's your pick. So yeah. Uh, originally, this was the timing was going to work out a little differently, but that's fine. So when the episode two weeks from now goes up, World Cup will be roughly starting. Yep. Um, USA is not in the World Cup. Not that I don't think anyone really cares in the U.S. anyway, but if the U.S. gets far, people care. But otherwise, it's like, I don't think people even realize that the U.S.A. didn't even qualify. I'm ter- there's plenty of people that do, but I understand Oh, well, there point. are soccer fans, but, uh, you know, um, just, I'm just saying the U.S. didn't qualify. So, yeah, World Cup this year, no one in the U.S. is going to care. But um figured since World Cup's coming up, let's uh, watch... Sylvester Stallone's soccer movie. Yeah, this is so crazy to me. Which is called Victory, also called Escape to Victory in some regions. So It's amazing, as you put this list together, how many movies I had no idea existed. <laughs> this is why I'm really, I have two minds about this whole experiment, this Stallone experiment, because it's like, <laughs> Arnold, at least you had like a baseline of like, okay, you know what you're getting pretty much every time. Arnold's always going to be Arnold. We can always yeah. get some enjoyment out of Arnold being Arnold. Finding Arnold face or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, that persona was always there, whereas this is just like stuff we've never heard of, stuff, you know, just, and it's, it's so varied. But uh, anyway, I'm excited to watch uh, Escape to Victory. It's a John Huston movie. Yeah, you told me about that, and I'm uh, that made me a little bit more interested. Yeah, John Huston's a great director. He did Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and yeah. a whole bunch of, you know, he goes way back to the 40s. Actually, as a director, he goes back to the 40s. I think as our screenwriter, he goes back to like the late 20s. Like, he wow. Was, he'd been doing it forever. Like this was uh, victories 1981. I want to say 82, something like that. Yeah, that feels right. So this is near the end of uh, John Huston's his career. run. Went on to direct Annie, actually. Since you brought it up, coincidentally, yeah. uh, we will not be covering Annie. We're not going to take use John Huston as a bridge. I don't want. <laughs> I am just as sick of musicals as you. I'm not doing this to like torture you or anything. It was just Fair like enough. there was a Rocky musical. This is our opportunity. We no, just talked about the movie. Fine. We should yeah. talk about it. I agreed, and I don't regret the decision. We've now covered it, and we can move on. It's just one of those things I feel like we have an obligation. We can so. escape to victory. Yes, we've escaped to victory. We've, we're right. victorious in getting the other side of this uh, musical. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of am too. So if you uh, enjoy the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice and maybe write us a favorable review. And don't forget to follow us and hopefully tweet at us uh, at Arms Race Podcast. Yeah, and if you're going to give us a review, don't judge us based on this bonus episode, which <laughs> was pretty loose, and we just kind of came and winged it. So, yeah, we'll be back with a full episode next time with Escape to Victory. I got ten sore knuckles and a ring in here. I got a bruise over here and here and over here. 
I got a swelled up eye and a real flat beard. But hey, my nose ain't broken. My landlord's yelling that the rent is late. Well, I got 41 bucks, I owe him 68. I got a crooked employer and the job I hate. But hey, my nose ain't broken. 